Hello and welcome. Here to Lead is for leaders who are looking for practical insight and hands-on tools and advice on how to unleash the power in their leadership to get things done. I'm your host, Kelly Barkabas. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me today. We are in our third episode of talking about executing strategy. As you know, we've started out this podcast, this series called Here to Lead, on the premise that it is our job to use and leverage our leadership to execute strategy, affect change, and drive results. And we've spent the last two episodes talking about this. We've identified the three things that really get in the way of executing strategy. And the first one was that we try to do too much, and we need to resist that urge and limit our projects because our resources of our organizations, our time and our money, our people are finite. Secondly, we talked about how the day-to-day priorities can steal our time and that as leaders, we need to protect our time if we're really going to get the strategy executed that we set out to do at the beginning of the year. The third problem or challenge when it comes to executing strategy is that we spend our precious resources, our time and money, doing the wrong things. Even good leaders can direct or allow a team to spend their hours and days on projects or initiatives that are not the right thing at that particular time. I know it's hard to believe because we're, we're good leaders. We're smart. It's hard to believe that we would do the wrong things. I've seen this over and over again in organizations, and I've been guilty of it and complicit in it as I've said with everything else I've talked about. Um, But how does this happen? How does this really happen? How do we end up doing the wrong things? Well, number one, we get distracted by good ideas. Number two, we don't want to pull the plug and admit when we're wrong. And number three, we get off track and can't find our way back. I don't believe that most people, especially leaders, start out their day or week or year intent on wasting their time at work. None of us do that, right? But that is exactly what we're doing if we are not working on the right projects or priorities that will execute the strategy that we determined is critical for our business. So distracted by good ideas. I'm going to talk through an example and you can think about it and see if it rings true for you. Has something like this ever happened to you? The last time it rained, you discovered a leak in your skylight when you got up in the middle of the night and stepped in a puddle of cold, wet water in the middle of the bathroom floor. It's been a few weeks, and you've known that you need to get this fixed. The forecast is calling for an inch of rain, so it is now critical that you get this done. Luckily, it's Saturday. You have the day free. You watched the YouTube videos while you drank your coffee and made the list of materials that you need. You have a plan, and it's a good plan. You even got the ladder out. Just as you're heading out the door to Home Depot, your buddy calls and tells you about the fire that started when the lint in his dryer vent ignited and gives you the play-by-play of how he put it out with his fire extinguisher just in time before the whole basement went up in flames. After you hang up, you decide to go check your dryer vent and discover that it is pretty full of lint. So you unhook it, clean it out, and while reattaching it, you pop a hole in the vent pipe, and now you need to replace it. While you're at Home Depot, you forget all about the skylight materials that you need and only have the vent pipe in your cart. Right before you get to the register, your wife texts you and says, Hey, while you're there, can you see if they have one of those professional carpet cleaners to rent? Your dog has smelled up the living room. You were so close to getting out of there, but she's not wrong. So you head over to the rental counter and get the cleaner. As you pull in the driveway, you realize there was another text you didn't see. 
Don't forget to get the carpet shampoo. Damn, you forgot to get that detergent that goes with the cleaner. So you head back to Home Depot, and now two hours have passed since your buddy called. As my father used to say, you are burning daylight, my friend. You need to get that dryer vent back in place because, unbeknownst to you, your wife had done a load of wash that morning and had no idea you were going to tear apart the dryer. Also, she tweaked her back yesterday working out at the gym, so she asks you to clean the living room carpet, and it is your dog, so there you go. By the time you get the dryer back together and run the carpet cleaner twice to make sure you get all the dog hair, all the dirt, all the smell, you are up against the four-hour rental limit and barely make it back to Home Depot in time. The skylight repairs are a distant memory, and before you know it, the sun has set. It's dark out, it's time for dinner and some Netflix, maybe a beer before bed. But, you know, you got a lot done today, so you feel pretty accomplished and good about yourself. You made your family safer, and the house smells like lavender and babies. The rain starts just after midnight, just like the weather forecast said it would, while you are comfy and cozy in your bed dreaming of Sunday football and chili. The next morning, you are jolted awake by hearing your name yelled as if the house really was on fire and it was your fault. Your wife had sleepily trudged to the bathroom upon waking and slipped on the wet floor from the puddle that formed when the skylight leaked overnight. Suddenly, you remember yesterday's well-intentioned plan to repair the skylight and get defensive when she says, I thought you were fixing this yesterday. Well, I was, but then Jim called and told me about the dryer vent. You don't want our house to burn down, do you? Well, what about after that? You said you wanted the carpet cleaned, remember? I cleaned the carpet for you. Sheesh, give a guy a break. But you knew it was going to rain, and now we have a lake in the bathroom. And by the way, thanks to you, my back really hurts now. Now this may seem like a silly and lighthearted example. I don't know if it rings true for you. It certainly does for me, but I'm not going to mention any names. But this is exactly what happens in organizations, too. We can get easily distracted by well-intentioned and good ideas. Perhaps you are losing customers faster than you can replace them. And your number one strategic goal is to grow your customer base. Everyone agrees. Growing customer base will solve your revenue decline, which will in turn fix your cash flow problems and your profitability challenges. You all develop the list of projects and priorities that you believe will grow your customer base. You limit the number of projects to three so that you're not trying to do too much and you can execute on these well. You assign resources and get the project started. But then, someone on your leadership team gets an opportunity to partner with an affiliate for a new marketing program. They are an exciting, fresh, and innovative company in the marketplace, and it is hard to say no. This project requires a daily interface with your website that requires custom programming. And in order to accommodate the reporting needs and build the affiliate for the commission percentage, the accounting team needs to develop a manual process. It is also confusing for the customers, so the call center volume of incoming calls has doubled and now requires more staffing. But it is such a good idea, and the CEO for the affiliate plays golf with your senior VP of marketing, and they both convince their teams that this partnership must go forward. As the year progresses, with this new unplanned marketing program in place, you raise your hand at the monthly director's meeting and ask, How's that program doing? Is it bringing in new customers? Everyone turns to look at you as if you just asked if anyone else saw the spaceship over the bay last night. 
You remain quiet after seeing those looks. But ask the question again next month and the month after that. And finally, one of the analysts has run the numbers. The affiliate marketing program is generating some revenue, but it really doesn't appear to be incremental. The company is barely covering their costs. But more importantly, customer base is not growing as a result of this partnership. Huh. You gingerly ask the next logical question. Should we kill the program? And you're met with that look again. And perhaps people around the table say things like, well, it's not costing us anything, really. Let's keep it going for another few months and see what happens. What's the harm? Well, the teams are really excited about it. You want to kill a program that's generating revenue? What's wrong with you? What is the harm with keeping the project going? Well, the problem is it is using IT resources, manual processing from the accounting team every month. It is eating up the marketing budget. And we already know that all of those things I just mentioned are finite resources. But the biggest problem with this idea, the biggest problem of all, is that this project is not doing anything to accomplish the number one strategic goal of the organization, which everyone agreed was to grow customers, period. That's all there is to it. Secondly, let's talk about pulling the plug and how sometimes we can be afraid to pull the plug. The euphemism pull the plug can mean several different things. It can mean the tub is overflowing. Hurry up and pull the drain plug before we flood the bathroom and ruin the brand new porcelain tile floor. Pull the plug can also mean, hey, there's smoke billowing out of the vacuum cleaner and the smell of burnt rubber is choking us. Pull the plug out of the wall before we short a circuit or the vacuum cleaner explodes. It also means, in the most somber sense of the word, that it could be time to take Grandpa off life support and unplug the machine that is breathing for him and ultimately end his life, which we know is what Grandpa would have wanted, but the hardest thing we'll ever have to do. When I was 10 or so, I sat at the counter one day watching my mom make a cake. She was done using the hand mixer and went to remove the two beaters, but she forgot to unplug the thing first. As she was taking the first one out, the power switch slipped and the mixer kicked into gear and suddenly her hand was caught up between the two beater blades, her small hand twisted like cake batter. I sat there dumbfounded, eyes wide and mouth open, not sure what to do, when my brother's best friend, our neighbor Stephen, jolted into action, jumped up and unplugged the damn mixer. Immediate relief washed over all of us, most of all my mom, as she untangled her hand and removed the beaters. Whether the project was a good idea in the beginning or just a distraction, you must be willing to pull the plug if it is not delivering the results you intended. It could be a pet project of your CEO or a beloved tradition that no one wants to question. Pulling the plug can be one of the hardest things for leaders to do. Our ego has a hard time admitting when we're wrong, but I think the ability to be able to admit when you are wrong or that a project that you supported, piloted, brought to the table isn't serving the organization the way you thought it would or isn't delivering the results you promised, being able to admit this is the strongest leadership move you can make. Remember that scene in Dirty Dancing when Baby's father stands up? This is at the end of the movie, and it's the final dance scene. The summer's coming to an end, and Baby's father stands up from the table and shakes Johnny's hand and says, When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. And we all swooned. That move solidified our respect and love for Dr. Houseman, right? 
Truly authentic leaders are not ruled by fear, are comfortable making mistakes, and are strong enough to stand up and say when they're wrong. Pull the plug. We need to be the ones who jump into action when everyone else is either twisted up in their own mess or silently standing by knowing there's a crisis but is either unable or unwilling to act. This is not weakness. It is strength. It is leadership. Pull the plug. Here's the truth bomb. The project you are working on could be right in so many ways, but wrong for you based on your strategic needs. Was it a good idea to clean out the dryer vent? Sure, of course it was. But did it have to be done that day? It really was just a distraction. You got distracted when your buddy called. Maybe Jim's dryer vent hadn't been cleaned in 20 years, or the fire started due to an electrical short. You let Jim's crisis get you off track. You let Jim's crisis distract you from what you needed to do that day to keep your home safe and dry. Just because it was critical for Jim doesn't mean it was for you. Was it a bad thing to shampoo the carpet? Of course not. Who doesn't love a fresh, clean carpet? But again, was that a distraction from what you really needed to get done that day? Was it the best use of your time on that particular Saturday? No. Rain was coming and you had a leak. The number one thing you needed to do that day was to fill in the gaps around the skylight with silicone. The other two projects were a distraction and could have waited. This sounds easy enough, at least on paper, but it is really hard to say no to a good project or one that is requested by a senior leader in your organization, especially if it's your direct boss or the CEO. Everyone may have bought into the concept and fiercely agreed to only identify three strategic goals at that planning conference in the desert, but it never fails. Two weeks into the new fiscal year and new and different projects and ideas will be proposed, especially if you work for an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs love ideas, and many entrepreneur CEOs feel that their job, the number one thing they do to contribute to the business, is to constantly generate ideas. Of course this isn't a bad thing. Ideas are great. We need ideas. We need fresh ideas. We always need new ideas. We need to stay sharp. We need to stay new. Companies are built on ideas. There's no better thing than an idea whose time has come. I forgot who said that. So ideas aren't bad in and of themselves, but all ideas need to be vetted to determine if they are the right thing to do for your organization. Finally, we've talked about that we do the wrong things because we get distracted by good ideas. We're afraid to pull the plug when things aren't going the way they should be going. And then we can get off track. And that's what we're going to talk about right now. Don't get off track. This past September, on a Friday afternoon, my husband and I took our three little nieces to a pumpkin patch. They jumped out of the car squealing and took off for the hay bales and the slide and the sand pile. We struggled to keep up and to keep an eye on each one, looking out to make sure they weren't going to fall and slice a knee open or bang their head, or worse yet, that they weren't rudely cutting the line at the slide or being so loud all the other families were giving us the stink eye. But they loved it. They were having a great time. There was also a corn maze. And after letting the girls play for 15 or 20 minutes, we thought it would be a good idea to do the corn maze and then pick out our pumpkins and be on our way to what we had planned next. We were going to go for a hike in the woods and then have dinner. We thought the maze would be simple, right? I mean, it was geared for children. There were no warning signs at the start, just a scarecrow holding a welcome sign and a jar to donate a dollar or two for admission. 
I think my husband and I were both complacent, so we didn't really pay too much attention as we entered the maze. Plus, I pride myself on having an outstanding sense of direction. I read maps for pleasure, and I am one of those people who likes to know where I'm headed, north or south, east or west, versus just listening to the commands for my phone app. How hard could this be? As we started out on our journey, that we thought might take 10 or 15 minutes tops. The girls were skipping and running ahead, and Craig and I were leisurely falling behind, not really paying too much attention to the path or the turns we were making. The girls were picking up cornstalks and using them as swords and walking sticks, laughing and teasing each other while twilight was on the horizon. There was no care in the world, having a great time. We came to a place in the path where we had to decide to turn left or stay to the right. We looked at each other and shrugged, convinced either one would lead us out. They wouldn't make this maze tricky, right? So we turned left, and after a few minutes, noticed we had gone in a circle. So this time we went straight. But then again, had to make another decision on left or right. So Craig and I laughed and decided maybe we should really try to figure this out. We looked around, but the corn was really tall, of course. There was no one else around in the maze, and the girls were still having a good time. So again, we weren't too concerned yet. But we did begin to pay attention, and we came to another fork in the path, and this time we talked about it. We actually started to weigh the options, and once we had discussed it and made a decision, we moved confidently forward. But we kept coming back around to that same place. After 20 minutes or so of doing this, and knowing that the sun was close to setting, Craig and I got serious. The girls could tell that our mood and our tone had shifted and began to ask questions like, Aunt Kelly, are we lost? Where are we going? I'm tired. Can we go now? I responded by saying things like, Girls, stay close. Hold my hand. Stop hitting your sister. Put down those corn stalks. No more corn stalks. We started breaking off the corn stalks intentionally and leaving them as markers so we'd know if we'd been there before. I began to listen for cars. With my amazing sense of direction, I knew that the main road should be on our right and that we couldn't get too lost if we found where the road was. Also, Craig suddenly remembered that there was a tall flagpole at the start of the maze, so if we headed for that flagpole, we'd be fine and find the exit. So we began to work our way through the intersections, making choices that would lead us to the flagpole, or so we thought. We saw the cornstalks we had been over on the trail. The girls noticed now that We were repeating our steps and going back where we just were. Suddenly they were quiet and clinging to us. We eventually got close to that flagpole, but realized that the pumpkin patch was nowhere in sight. Hmm. Wrong flagpole. We turned back into the maze and looked for another way out. We left the trail at one point and took shortcuts straight through the stalks. Craig cut his toe on one of the sharp edges of the dried stalk. He had flip-flops on. Well, worst case, we can cut through the stalks and head for the sound of traffic. We can walk back on the road. It's fine. We'll be fine, I said, trying to convince myself and the girls. Eventually, I'm not even sure how we did it at this point, we made a turn and then another that looked like new ground, and as suddenly as we were lost, we were found again, and the exit appeared before our eyes. Phew! What was supposed to be a fun, light-hearted, ten-minute jaunt turned into a slightly stressful half-hour of... Oh my God, we need to get out of here with these girls before it gets dark. We had no idea that the corn maze would be seriously challenging. It can be the same way with strategic projects and initiatives in your company. You start out going in the right direction, but a turn here, a decision there, you're not really paying attention. And before you know it, you are off track and not where you thought you'd be by now. You know, when you find yourself 
off track, don't be afraid to pause. Take a minute. Talk to your leadership team. Talk to your other directors. Talk to your colleagues. Talk to your team. Talk to the people who are actually doing the work. You know, take a moment before you make the next decision to turn right or left, trying to get yourself back on track. You know, don't be afraid to just pause for a minute and really talk through the decision you're about to make. It's okay. It's a sign of strength. Also, you can look for markers, you know, like we, we bent over corn stalks so that we could know, we knew if we were just going in circles. Um, what does that look like for you and your organization? Run some numbers, do some analysis. Are you getting the results that you thought you were? Or are you just going in circles? Are you actually moving forward? Or do you just keep doing the same thing over and over again and hoping for a different result? You know, don't be afraid to do what you need to do to get back on track. So we've talked about, you know, doing the wrong things in your organization usually happens because you get distracted by really good ideas. You become afraid to pull the plug when it's necessary or when you're not, uh, when things aren't happening the way that they should. And number three, you get off track and you're not taking the time that you need or having the discussions and analysis you need to get back on track. As you commit to doing the right things in your organization in order to execute strategy, it's also important to realize that what is right for you at this particular time might be different than other companies in your industry or in your executive focus group or what your golf buddy is doing at work. Right versus wrong is unique to each organization and is determined through alignment with your vision, goals, and strategy. So as leaders, we need to develop guidelines and guardrails to make sure that the ideas that turn into projects are the right ones because we want to be doing the right things. Guardrails will keep us from going off a cliff or from veering over the center line in the road into a head-on collision. The best way to keep people on the right road is to remind them daily, if necessary, of what their goals are. What was that strategy that we all agreed to in the desert at the conference right before the theme song played what was that thing that we all agreed was the number one thing we needed to accomplish this year make sure your guardrails keep everybody on track with that I have a couple of guardrails to share that I developed out of necessity when I was having trouble keeping people focused on the right things and the right projects and in my next episode I'm going to go over those and explain those to you and also provide copies of those on my website. But as we end this episode of execute strategy and doing the right things I want you to take some time in the seat. You know, as we end every episode, I am going to challenge you to take your turn in the seat and go through some exercises for yourself, for your leadership team, for where you are right now in your organization. So start by listing your top three strategic priorities for the current fiscal year. Just list them out, whatever they are. Hopefully you only have a couple. Maybe it's only one. Next, I want you to list your top three projects that are currently underway that are utilizing your resources. What are the priorities of the IT team and the marketing team and, you know, the the customer service team? What are those top three projects that everybody's talking about in every meeting that you have? Do these projects align and support the strategic goals that you identified in number one? And if not, why not? What is the reason that you're not doing the right things? Is it because somebody else's really good idea distracted the team and no one spoke up? 
Or perhaps a couple of projects started out very well-intentioned and now no one is willing to jump up and pull the plug. Or did the leadership team just get off track and lost and now they're not sure how to get back to where they need to go? They're not sure how to get out of the corn maze. Which is it? So, you know, take some time this week to ask yourself these questions and really think about this part about executing strategy and in your organization, are you doing the wrong things or are you doing the right things, the things that you should be doing? Okay, and I'm going to leave it here for this episode. In the very next episode, I am going to go through two guardrails that I developed and used. I think they're pretty practical. They really helped me. They helped me talk to my leadership team about this very topic in a way that was non-threatening and non-judgmental. And I think they'll be really useful to you. So be sure to tune in. You can check out my website, kellybargabas.com slash podcast. And if you got something out of here to lead today, please review, share, or subscribe. I'd appreciate it. We'll talk soon.